Your support helps us bring fresh voices, new voices, and credible voices. Support Mind Podcast by clicking on support the Mind Podcast link on mind.net. You can also write to us at info at mind.net about any other way you would like to support Mindmakers. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, welcome to Mind Podcast 113.0, your weekly source for news, views, and analysis uh, and analysis of news. This is Aditya Kapadia, and together with me is Sunanda Vashisht. How are you, Sunanda? Good. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, Pramod, unfortunately, is not in um, uh, today because he is in Austin uh, hosting an event with... He did uh, an IBC event IBC yesterday event. with Dr. Pankaj Jain. Yes. Very interesting uh, event. Uh, it was about... Um, Jati Varna and Dr. Ambedkar and mm. it was pretty interesting. Uh, so Pramod was busy with that. Which, so we are reminds, the fort. which reminds me in two weeks from now on April 30th, uh, we're doing an event with in partnership with IBC uh, Indic Book Club. Uh, we're the media partners and Indic Book Club's event is with Dr. Maknan Paranjpe, who is a professor at Jawaharlal Nehru University. Uh, and they, uh, and sh- they're I'm going to give the moderator of the event, Saranda Vashish, the chance to talk about the event. So, Saranda, go ahead. Yeah, this is an event that I'm really looking forward to. Um, Dr. Paranjpe, this is a tour series, lecture tour series, and yes. he is going to do his first event is in London. And then his first um, event in the United States is in Houston. And from here, I, I believe he moves to Dallas right. and then to several other cities on the East Coast and the West Coast. Very interesting topics lined up for each one of them. You could go to IBC uh, Twitter timeline and check but in Houston we will be conducting this um, talk and a debate and question and answer series on um, Dr. Ambedkar um, human rights and affirmative action so uh, I am especially just a couple of just yesterday we um, celebrated Dr. Ambedkar's 126th birth anniversary and Dr. Ambedkar keeps getting bigger and bigger in persona with every year as people are discovering him and rediscovering him so this plans this um, you know this is going to be an interesting talk I'm looking forward to it it's a little bit of a shame that we are having people rediscovering him like 60 years after he passed away almost yeah. because but his he was not being discussed as much as he should have been or, and or his, not discussed in the right context yes, is that yeah absolutely way, yeah. his legacy isn't just limited to the constitution which actually is a phenomenal a big legacy, legacy or to say the parties parties or the Dalit movement, movement or something Dr. Ambedkar is a far bigger figure than that and I disagree with him on some things I agree with him on a lot of things that is something you um, should understand now um, uh, my biggest uh, thing has been and we're not going to be talking about that in the thing because we're, this uh, topic is limited to uh, human rights and affirmative action in India but what interests me is that no one talks about Dr. Ambedkar as an economist he's a trained economist Dr. Ambedkar was an economist he has written so much about economy and he has disagreed so much with the founding fathers on economy and somehow no one talked about I wouldn't even say founding fathers Sunanda because 
टू ऑफ द पीपल हु प्रीटी मच रोड द कॉन्स्टिट्यूशन बी आर अम्बेडकर एंड के एम मुंशी हु वेर डिसग्रींग लॉट ऑन सम इश्यूज वेर ऑन द सेम साइड वेन इट किम्स टू इकोनॉमी बोथ ऑफ दम वेर रिलेटिवली राइट ऑफ सेंटर और सेंट्रिस्ट एज कम्पेयर टू द नेहरूबियन वे एंड सो वॉज राजा जी एंड स्टफ इज Dr. B. R. Ambedkar has criticized Hinduism in many cases. I don't agree with everything he has to say. I have my disagreements, but that's for another debate or something. But he has criticized some or a lot of aspects of Islam as well. Some of the regressive aspects. And Anand Ranganathan on News Laundry has written a phenomenal piece on why his views and stuff. So what I'm saying is, when they say that B. R. Ambedkar did this, it's a, and and he actually very interestingly puts. there in the piece that um, there are where whereas his criticism of hinduism is highlighted his criticism on islam is not, not uh, or or at least people don't the, study as you say it's a selective reading because a lot of people will um, again see him um, as part of the dalit movement which he was but people don't see that he was much bigger than that also people don't see his um views as he shaped modern india so i that's why i think it's been very selective reading and it could also be because the party that was in power for the longest time after independence probably did not want ambedkar's legacy to continue as not a legacy that, of other when, people when it comes to the religious differences you find that with the extreme left of center in united states and in india a sort of reluctance to uh take on the islamist ideology oh, that's all there yeah. you have people like bill maher who's on the left who's always said that the liberals have and the same thing in india so the same liberals who quote ambedkar only selectively quote him and that's the thing so anyways it's an interesting uh, discussion so this is kind of an preview of because since we are recording right after ambedkar jayanti we figured yes. we would do a little bit of this uh but the if into agar isme aapko maza aaye do hafte baad to it will be more interesting yeah discussion. because we will be going into much more details <coughs> yeah and a nuanced discussion on it so without much f- without further ado let's uh, go into the news of the week you had the srinagar bypoll where the entire subdivision voted right like <laughs> i mean like 9 7 7% voting uh 6.5% percent no, and then there was 2% extra in the end wo wo jo repolling hua us in nine booths nine booths or something but now i don't know if it was 2% of that total or 2% overall aisa bhi ho sakta hai ki just 2% of that eligible booths or voters you know this is just semantics let's just say that it was it's a disaster below 10% it was disastrous it was a disaster let's just put it that way it was disastrous uh-huh. and uh, this I mean, is the 2% is the worst <laughs> that kashmir has ever no, seen no 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 6% no no 2% on the um, uh, no but we polling they become na sifartis the badgam mein there was violence yeah. so no and 2% is not the worst actually during gilani's time sopor had seen less than 1% yeah so the 90s in srinagar in srinagar uh, but srinagar may be kam hua 
yeah. I've seen one thing that needs to be told, and if you have, if you missed the shouting match between me and Sananda from the last podcast, <laughs> do tune in. Uh, last, uh, pre- uh, wa- listen to the previous one. Srinagar has always voted in the twenties, thirties, and stuff. Yeah, like Srinagar that. voting has always the, been the, the, in, in Lok Sabha. Lok Sabha. The difference was in Vidhan Sabha. There was reasonably higher turnout in Srinagar, and but you still saw. So that was two years ago or something. But that yeah. dived again, nose dived. Farooq Abdullah won the seat. Uh, wonder yeah. if he'll accept it but I am thinking because he needs um, you know something to hold on to because the party has been decimated well not quite decimated but his family has he has been decimated himself well he um, can proudly see has more seats than Mayavati in Lok Sabha yeah so he <laughs> has the party was completely routed from Lok Sabha they did not have any seats in Lok Sabha so I think he will accept this thing even though morally it seems reprehensible None that anyone Rajasabha should too. accept it none in Rajya Sabha too so I think he will accept this um, victory as, as much as uh, you know troublesome it is uh, Anantanag is still being deferred to me is, this has been the first time that um, Mufti Tasadduk um, Mufti's son and uh, Chief Minister's or brother actually of, went on to say that I please defer this election I will actually walk out of the race oh. because he was worried about the violence so that tells you how bad the situation is in Kashmir yeah. who goes actually used to go by Tasadduk Hussain uh, when he, he was a senator yeah here, I know but now, right now I think they are calling him Mufti, Mufti Tasadduk well for obvious reasons yeah. right yeah, so um, so th- th- that's that um, you then then you had this uh, uh, what you may call the, the incident video. in Kashmir where the video there are two videos actually there are multiple videos no, actually but the two that two got the lot of attention so one of yeah. them was a bunch of Kashmiri youth uh, heckling a CRPF jawans right who were walking and beating them and it was terrible yeah. and then the second one was the, the CRPF guys driving and uh, there was a guy tied to the front not CRPF, CRPF? that was army army okay army. I, I stand corrected that was army uh, and the CRPF jawan was being um, uh, you know bullied yeah. or uh, when we saw the other video but this video that has gained a lot of outrage now and people are talking about it as we speak this was um, <coughs> army um, uh, you know army chief army major apparently who um, got hold of one protester and he tied him around the jeep and there is a backstory to this the backstory is that there was this in Birwa which is um, Omar Abdullah's, Omar Abdullah's constituency in one of the things there there were nine ITBP personnel and there were some polling officers and there were JNK police and uh, this was the voting was going on and suddenly 500 people descended on them with rocks and boulders with men women children everyone there were people on the rooftops throwing stones there was just mess everywhere um, ITBP um, the person who was there one of the same called the uh, army and it's called QRT quick recovery team army since they went quickly and I think it was a bunch of 15 officers or so uh, 15 people including a couple of officers who went in there and they were called as a rescue team to be able for these people to come out you know safely because they did not their, their lives were in threat so they went in there typically what would have happened and as they saw army there was patrav and um, mm-hmm. stone pelting and think typically what would have happened is army would have thrown um, you know open fire because mm-hmm. army does not look at these things uh, army would have opened fire and they would have gone i mean that's and there would have been casualties interestingly an army major we don't know his name but an army major 
caught hold of one protester this is according to the army tied him to the jeep mm. and they announced that um, if anyone and you know throw stones or anything we will um, you know you will be facing the same uh, situation so they were able to pass through through 3 kilometers very safely no stones were passed no casualties reported nothing they went through the um, whatever little uh, direction they had to do and safely there was there has been outrage people mm. have been calling it morally reprehensible they've said you cannot take civilian hostage this is hostage situation i do want to say that according to the army this was a protester who was caught who was put on the jeep and then immediately once they had finished that 3 km stretch he was handed over to jnk police so this was not a hostage situation in the sense that he had been kept hostage for a few days or anything he was immediately handed over to the thing now the story is coming up which is not entirely going by the army story that we know and and then that's what i want us to explore in just a yeah. minute whether should this have been done did they have a choice and what is the other angle to the story so we'll come to that in just a second so sunanda let's get to that like what do you think um i have done i've been doing series of tweets since yesterday since this news has uh, come out Uh, so what were the options let's talk about what be- before people say this is reprehensible this is morally reprehensible this is not a liberal this is not what a um disciplined army says across the board liberal opinion has been that this is bad uh and it's illegal and let me say it up right it is illegal because mm. army is not supposed to take any um hostages but no, here let's sorry i just put i'm putting here there are two debates here mm. one is the debate debate over legality yeah. which i think we mean you are on the same page saying that it is illegal this is illegal, illegal. and i think army is still conducting an investigation into this yeah. and stuff so we'll find out more the second question is the moral morality of it and or and or the necessity or the unnecessity of it my what thing is, is my thing is that what came out of it that is more important what came out of it was that no casualties were reported there are people who have said that if police if army had not done this there would have been bloodbath and if there would have been bloodbath which means more than 5 or 6 people have would had died then we would have gone back to two, remember 2016 unrest in kashmir mm-hmm. and then remember 2010 unrest in kashmir 2016 unrest after burhanwani and 2010 after tufail mattu we would have immediately gone into the same situation that is what people are saying um, that and that is what this major avoided i mean hats off to him he might get he might get court martialed he might get into trouble with the army but he did such a big favor to kashmir at the moment that by not by, uh, plunging it into that 2016 crisis or 2010 crisis mm. he did a huge favor to the state government to the central government to home ministry here is my problem with whole thing i am saying do not blame the army for this mm. they did what they did it's not army's job to solve kashmir problem mm. it is not army's job to open a dialogue it is not army's job to go and uh, uh, you know address certain grievances quote unquote that's not army's job what is army's job army's job is to protect our borders right in layman's language mm. and then now because of the uh, terrorism and counter terrorism measures their job has been uh, 
their job includes now counterterrorism ma- measures in places like Kashmir and Northeast mm. and um, other places. So my job, my question is, army is not trained to go. Don't the political class should not expect army to do their job for them. Army is just counterterrorism. That's it. They are, they cannot do anything. And in this circumstances, I'm telling you, this major probably will get into a lot of trouble with his seniors because this may be against the book. He may be uh, he may be court-martialed. He may get penalized. But the greatest the greatest you know thing he has done is to stop. Kashmir from getting into the 2016 um, problem. Now, the bigger question. I think people are losing sight of the bigger problem. The bigger problem, as I said in my last podcast also, is how did we get here? Why why are we putting army into a situation like this where 500,000 people with stones and boulders are doing this and not letting them do their job? How did we get here? That is the real problem. And when we talk about, you and I had the discussion this morning as well it seems to me that state government is losing its um, no it could be it could be it could be but I have a question so these 500 people who are protesting say they don't like the state government do they want a change of government no then what do they want they just want Indian army to go back. They want any. They want Azadi. If you ask them, just these five hundred people. Uh, at that time, not, not five hundred people, no, but a lot. I, of people. I have another theory on this. Yeah. I think the whether we like it or not, the separatists could be like this. Is probably the final push. They are scared that if this central government gets another term or something, and if there is a significant clampdown on separatist finances and so forth. What is the rel- going to be the relevance yeah. without the finances and the protection? Are the separatists, are some of the separatists getting the same protection as they did earlier? Are their kids, see we did a Sona Roy, did an excellent mm. series on, on mind makers on where the families of these separatists are and what are they doing. It was in context of the stone what have, are their children you doing? You have to be very interested and I was telling Sunanda that I have not been hearing that many separatist voice coming out. There are, okay, ha, fine. see I, I refuse to buy this bunk that this is a spontaneous thing. No, it this isn't. Is, this is a, and if someone's saying they are either bullshitting or they are... They I don't, don't know, know Kashmir. Uh, no, or they are delusional. Delusional, yeah. Uh, either or. Because, see, if, if you... Because 10,000 people you talk to, like you talk to experts, stuff like that, they are all saying yeah. the same thing. There are no signs to suggest that there was something that triggered off this. This uh, particular thing? Yeah. Uh, well... After Burhan Wani situation, which there is no doubt about, he was a terrorist and he needed to be killed. There was no no question about it. But after that, it has been downturn. Can I ask you something? So, uh, so you had the Indian state first, not... I mean, they were, of course, bumping off terrorists and so I'm not saying this has been a consensus between the BJP Congress government. They might not have been, were they as brazen about it as they are right now in the last, you had the surgical strikes, you had this, you had that. And in a good way, I mean, mm. the state was like, we are going to do this. Yeah. You mess with come us, after you. we are going to come off after you and kill you. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I, and I there see was another encounter also that happened. Just not, but Malu, this morning, another person died. No, no, and uh, t- last month, no, I think, who was so, see, Kashmir has been, uh, there has been upheaval since the new government has taken up, uh-huh. you know. Mufti Mohammed said it lasted only so long and then he was unwell. And after that, there was void for the longest time because um, Mehbooba would not take over charge. She was, uh-huh. I don't know what she was doing, throwing tantrums. And then finally she came in a little too late. There was a void already created. Uh, 
so at the moment there seems that people are very unhappy with the state government so what happens is that even if central government is taking very strong measures which you are suggesting and that's why people are separatists are um, uh, sort of worried they don't know they are worried for their existence it's existential yes. crisis for them but the state government is not they're not the state government is not playing its role no but this is the thing right the state government has been usually a buffer so to speak yeah. between the central and this and it almost seems like the state and the central government are on virtually the same side which is right now right now right now there is another which is which, also, which is probably for the first time in the history of kashmir yeah, where state government and central government are probably saying the same things which has never happened and state and, and, and central and, has always been you know at loggerheads and, and why i'm saying this is you have to go back to the speeches that mahbuba mufti made about extremist islam yeah. how it's creeping in yeah yeah another thing about uh, mahbuba mufti also which was i thought was quite interesting was that PDP always approach uh, had this soft separatist approach. I'm not saying separatist. No, that's how the, that, was their, that, no, that was their no, no, yeah, in, that's in, that in, was their uh, yeah, especially in the yeah. since they have formed an alliance. And I'm not saying this is because of BJP. Maybe it's because to appear mainstream or something. They sort of have left a lot of these people whom they co-opted in the cold, high and dry, high and dry. And there could be these people. Extracting their revenge on Mehbooba Mufti. Yeah. Mufti Muhammad Sayyid probably had a little more control over the establishment than his daughter does because she is still quote unquote seen as a novice in state politics. And hence, so I am saying that it's not just one thing. There are about a million things at play in Kashmir. Yeah. What remains to be seen is does the central government go via the state government on this, or does it just say that enough is enough? Comments use the fist. Yeah. So my point is that the minute you are not able to give security for the elections, that is where I draw the line. Hmm. If you remember, all these months through Burhanwani's, after that, there there was the state was at standstill. The schools did not open for eight months in Kashmir. Hmm. Rather, eight hmm. months. I still supported uh, Mehbooba. I have um, there are my uh, you know I have my tweets and my pieces and everywhere I've said that Mehbooba needs support. But I drew the line the day she was not able to get the elections done. For me, and I've said this last time also, elections are so sacrosanct that she should have known that we cannot have elections, or she should have been able to provide the work with the election commission and provide the necessary security or give enough. Report to election commission so that they knew that how much security was provided. You have to provide the security for that elections. You have to provide. So that's where I draw the line. No. I don't know what is going to happen now, but I think this is the time for Home Ministry, for Prime Minister himself. It does not take long for Kashmir to um, just keep going into the abyss. Mm. It is time for them to either have a new interlocutor or to somehow for. Um, Rajnath Singh to maybe personally intervene. Interlocutors and committees are not going, not to, going to help. There is supposed yes. to be a policy. Interlocutors yeah. would be a, a three-month paid vacation to Srinagar. Yeah, exactly, so, and especially Garmi bhi hai abhi, so it's good. Garmi yeah. So, so you know, it is it is really uh, for the Home Ministry and the PMO to look at this. And I do want to say that I have been talking to people in Kashmir. The situation is quite bad. People are worried about nineties. Uh, 
so that's what i'm saying that Anytime that's something that and is one last thing sunanda and junaid mattu or someone from nc i had heard saying that uh, farooq saab ke reign mein to ek bhi kashmiri pandit mara hi kyunki and should i say and this you have told me i have read ki jab kashmiri pandit kashmiri panditon ka qatl e aam ho raha tha tab farooq saab khud kashmir mein nahi the no you think golf <laughs> no but he had he khud the srinagar mein no he fled Oh. he fled he so he was a chicken at that time he is the only chief minister who has actually thrown a tantrum and did not um you know how when chief ministers go and presidential rule even if presidential rule is clamped you still have to give power officially to the next person he did not do that there was no transfer of power and he just ran away to london and on 19 as i always say on 19 january 1990 there was no government there was no government in so a fact that when umar abdullah tweets and he tweets quite a bit always for, for forgets to mention ki ha 1990 mein 19 january ko mere dad kahan the yeah Uh, so he probably anyway. uh, nation wants to know <laughs> so that is the panka pandits want to know so anyways till then uh, so that's it on the kashmir debate we'll talk about uh, our uh, our favorite actor uh, arun kejriwal <laughs> and his latest theatrics and a couple of other things that dominated the news in the next part and our recommendations before we get to our uh, next topic um i do want to say that this is mindmakers production this mind podcast is brought to you by the mindmakers team this uh, podcast is produced and edited by adit kapadia with the help of our team in india the panelists for the um, podcast are adit kapadia pramod kumar buravalli and sunanda vashisht which is me so there was a bipole there were a bunch of bipoles that happened and uh, congress did very well in karnataka so up two seats they rest, uh, got one seat in mp and bjp won one seat bjp did very pretty well in rajasthan uh, did uh, reasonably well in uh, assam as well uh, they got one seat in madhya pradesh they won five seats overall uh, they did got the number two position in uh, west bengal uh dethroning the left as has been the ten- tendency that is the biggest yeah. news from the bipole uh-huh. that they the have. and the vote share was pretty good uh-huh. 30 or 25 or 5 in bengal like but that. the biggest news is what Big, you tell us i'm not really the biggest news but, but the, the one that made more got the most news. action was uh, the rajouri garden seat in delhi uh, in delhi went to polls by polls because jarnail singh uh, the guy infamous for throwing the shoe At, <laughs> at Pichidambaram, uh, was there. Uh, was he had won the seat. He was forced to go no, to Punjab. No, he had wrested it from Man- Maninder or Majinder Singh Sirsa yeah. or Maninder Singh Sirsa. I forget his name. Yeah. Who was representing the SID in 2013? Yes. So he wrested. So he by. took the seat from there, and then he just dropped the constituency like hot potato and was sent to um, Punjab. Punjab to fight against Senior Badal. मतलब देखो तो सही. केजरीवाल से बेस्ट 
news uh, because I don't think AAP has contributed anything to Indian political discourse. No. That's why I called it the best news. Uh, AAP, lo- AAP candidate lost its, its deposit. deposit. So, Jarnail Singh went to Punjab and lost his deposit there. So, he and this and guy this came here and neither, lost his deposit. Neither Sulanda or me are fan of the Akalis. This chap was from Akali Dal with the BJP or something. He fought on the BJP symbol. Ha, BJP mm. symbol. Uh, and he probably was smart. If Akali ke symbol, we will have our deposit. Congress will win. And this is not a safe seat. I think Ajay Makan used to win from this yeah. seat a couple of times. So, um, uh, apart, so that there was an interesting win for the BJP, and uh, I think he won by a comfortable margin. Also. Comfortable margin, and up losing its deposit has been really. Um, and just two weeks before MCD election, this mm-hmm. has really put wings in the uh, BJP to, MCD. According campaign. to up, uh, a lot of the up they'll do better in MCD elections than projected. Then uh, uh, half their leaders say, "Are agar lekin EVM honge to hum kaise acha karenge?" Yeah. Then. They said something about the VVPAT. But then when EV, EVM, when he won 67 out of 70, that was also EVM. But then you won, right? So when you win, that's not. Huh. I want to know. So the it's like this: those two kids in Gali, when they play Gali cricket, and this kid who doesn't, who you know, mm-hmm. out ho jata hai, he immediately takes out all the stumps and the bat and says, "Jao, mujhe khelne diya." Mujhe out kyun kar diya? So it's the same no, thing. No, Kejriwal is like, so they have to be. I mean, the either they 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 have to plan it the most sinister conspiracy that Punjab is the only seat that you have to win. No, but look at the Madhya Pradesh seat from where this EVM conspiracy started. Hmm. That Atar seat. Their Congress guy won. Hmm. You know, who had really started this whole controversy. The Congress guy won there. So, I don't know what they're talking about. It is just, Hemant uh, Karandikar has a phenomenal piece on uh, Mind Makers on this thing. That it's a controversy that was never meant to be a controversy. Yeah, so we have a beautiful word for it called non-troversy. Non-troversy, which, truly. Which is, uh, no, and the, I'll tell you something. With Kejriwal though, does he even know what he's talking about? No, he says, I'm a IIT engineer and I will know, I'll tell you 10 ways of hacking the EVM. So, somebody on Twitter said that this is one reason why you should not be sending your kids to uh, IIT. No. Our good friend Ashish Chandorkar, he actually said a very funny thing. He's like, one way of telling everyone that you went to IIT. Here, I'm an IIT engineer. I'm an IIT engineer. I'm an IIT guy. I mean, what's up? So, I mean, I can say I'm an engineer and I can tell you he's, he's saying rubbish. But... Okay. Uh, no, I, mean, I want to ask you, what type of engineer is? Because I'm a civil engineer, right? So, if you're a civil engineer, we don't even touch with like if we have computer software we run away from it I don't know what so what I'm saying is that's such a stupid thing to say that I'm an engineer so he has ways. been um, I don't know he just but look at this is really why he will lose Delhi hmm. see what he has been doing other than whining and whining and whining and no governance he has really not delivered this is why all he does is he complains can I ask you something when he had, how, so how many did he win the first can, can we the CM of Jammu and Kashmir? Yeah. He will go there and say, EVM fraud, boom! Somebody will throw a stone. Or he will say, people don't let me govern. People don't let me govern. I mean, yeah. No, but uh, remember the first time in Delhi when the elections were um, held, they won 32 or 33, right? Uh-huh. And then he said, oh, you did not give me a majority. That's why no, I'm 28 running. seats. 28 seats they won. And, um, uh, BJP, BJP won 32 and Congress got 8 seats. Yeah. And they supported Aadmi Party. So. And he said, you didn't give me the majority. That's why this happened. Now they gave him 67 out of 70. And yet he's complaining. He his his slogan was, no, 66. Now, so. 
सिस्टम बट ही हैजन गिवन एनी न्यू आइडियाज Hmm. that's the problem it's crazy. it's crazy and and there were potentials they started with the mohalla clinics they even had a website for to track the developments and stuff like but that but he himself goes to bangalore for treatment <laughs> <laughs> no i mean i'm not going to say anything about his no, no. life and stuff no but he does go to bangalore for treatment he doesn't go to mohalla clinic oh, i mean who hey usko shayad he wants to fight karnataka elections <laughs> next year but no i i mean i hope it is uh, doing is very healthy though. yeah no no we always i always pray for everyone's good health and i'm uh-huh. praying for exactly. uh, um kgwal's good health also no, but, but I what just... i what i think is ki acha there was good things like uh, uh ki aapka tracker hai ki aap kya kar rahe ho kya kaam kar rahe ho and stuff like that mm-hmm. so if you are and your work really speaks for yourself then why do you come and whine about idiotic things and cast aspersions on institutions that are above reproach yeah I mean, especially ec ec i mean we have had democratic transfer of powers for years and the, what is the most shocking thing is and here props to amrinder singh for calling out kejriwal's absolute rubbish mm-hmm. and saying how am i here otherwise yeah. ali would have won even moily came out against his but party stuff but the problem is half the congress are like are kejriwal ko support karte and so and you know i'm not saying um, uh, on this issue but ashok malik a couple of years three years ago had this wonderful line about rahul gandhi when he said ki the congress wants him to be the rajiv gandhi but rahul gandhi himself wants to be kejriwal so that is the problem with congress ki unko you know all these dynamic guys they are in the news how to stay in news how to stay in yeah. news you know um, things like that and uh, i don't know it was just found it ridiculous Absolutely. so that was that uh, um, <laughs> one thing so did sushma swaraj actually approach shashi tharoor to write that because she actually that was an interesting controversy that was a snub of the decade uh, nothing came out of it and he did not talk about it either so it seems that the story did come initially that after the speech she spoke in the parliament she went to him and said would you please form the sunetha choudhary choudhary broke the story will you please frame this document for me and he said yes and then this news came out in india today and ndtv and everything and sushma swaraj she actually tweeted and she says there is no dearth of um, secretaries no there's no dearth of talent in my ministry i don't need anybody to write this that was a snub i have capable secretaries yeah. yeah. sushma bola tha yeah. but anyways uh, that was just this interesting thing i saw anything else uh, america dropped a bomb in afghanistan um do you know do you think it was afghanistan because trump was a little confused about syria as well good god <laughs> And, and there is something that One happens to friend. US commentators, liberal or on the conservative side. Whenever US drops a bomb, there is an amazing consensus. Yes. No one questions them. And then you had Farid Zakaria or something. He became the president tonight and stuff. And that was for Syria, which no, no, he, for Syria, for no, Syria. So I am talking in terms of this thing. But and and the question is that and somebody. But the news them. has been very muted about what is called mother of all bombs that was dropped. Twenty seven thousand pound bomb. This is GBU the first. Or something. This is the first. Time it has been used in combat. It has never been used in combat before. But the news is very muted. And also the coverage apparently, has been quite ridiculous. Yeah, like, apparently they damage um, tunnels. ISIS tunnels. 
but it doesn't now they're saying that there are casualties but it hasn't been so that's the thing no journalists yeah. a lot a lot of journalists have followed up saying how many yeah. casualties were there yeah. uh, was uh, because they said that the government uh, the local forces were involved in clean up like cleaning up of yeah. the areas before yeah. they stopped so was the were the governments involved were they I mean what and then I saw the most ridiculous thing and like, Afghanistan hasn't commented I have to ask you this uh, Suranda, uh, did you have any beautiful pieces of chocolate cake this weekend? Beautiful. I actually... I Be- Better than you've ever seen. No, I, I had a phenomenal piece of Mexican chocolate cake just home. <laughs> so I'm... Hopefully President Trump has that. This is for one of our listeners. He wanted me to do the um, impression of uh, chocolate cake. And I told him, I, you bet I'll do it on uh, yeah, my podcast. <laughs> the, I, I can't do it very well, but the beautiful, the best ever. Gorgeous. Better than anything you've ever seen chocolate cake I refuse <laughs> I think my wife makes one of the best chocolate cakes <laughs> so anyways we'll be happy to send a, a bite a piece to President Trump yes. so, <laughs> and if she's listening to it she'll be very happy with this yep. shout out <laughs> so uh, no so that brings us to the end of this let's get, go with some recommendations Sunanda uh, my recommendation for uh, this week and uh, let me think about it you come up with something do you have anything oh no I have a recommendation I know what you're I, going to say yeah my yeah. recommendation is that I have been really listening to these songs from Murshida. I mean, from the song is Murshida, but the song from Begum Jaan. And this is um, Anumalik Resurrection all over again after Mohamoke Daage, that movie. No, no, he has been, he has been giving pretty good songs. Yeah. welcome back me bakwas de diye usne, but but uh, this is this is phenomenal, especially um, Asha Bosle's um, song and this. Pyare me tohre. And the another one. This Murshida by Arjit Singh is is phenomenal. I I would really urge everyone to listen to this. This is Rahul Indori's music, uh, Rahul Indori's lyrics and music by Anu Malik. Rahul Indori after so long. So long has given beautiful has written beautiful lyrics. You know, so yeah, Mahesh that's my but brings out some of the best tracks in Anu Malik. Anu Malik, that's true. So, that's true. And the, you have a but production. It looks yeah. very like a very interesting uh, movie, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, my recommendations for this week, and I have to think uh, uh, because I did not watch much uh, TV shows and stuff like that uh, there is a, there is a, if you want to watch complete um, masala movies that's the fast and the furious 8 movie that's coming out it's it's a pretty good movie and uh, uh, that was that but, but there, there was this other um, uh, song or concert that I just heard and I'm trying to recall um, if, I, if I can if not then it will be next week but uh, so one thing, a funny thing I watched, uh, there is a channel called the East India Comedy and they do this uh, Bollywood versus EIC where they critique the worst of 2016 <laughs> every year and they just came out with a new video saying, uh, uh, talking about um, uh, what were the worst films of 2016 and oh my god, that was absolutely hilarious. <laughs> like uh, how some of it was a little, you know, um, funny, so to yeah, speak. Yeah, we'll watch that. Uh, but before you end, Adit, I want to say something and all our um, listeners, they are our family and we want to share this moment of deep grief with all of them. Um, Just yesterday, last night, one of our members of uh, Mindmakers in our technical team, Shiva Kalam, he was in our Hyderabad office, has been working with Mindmakers since the inception, since the beginning. He passed away last night in a very freak accident. Uh, He was traveling in a train, slipped, 
fell and lost his life. We at Mindmakers are heartbroken. Shiva was 30 years old. He leaves behind a wife and two-year-old child. And, and the wife is expecting another baby. So we are... Um, the show has to go on and that's why this podcast came today. But um, this has been a very, very rough moment for us, especially our technical team. Uh, Pradeep, Vamshi, people who work with us day in and day out and because of whom the website and the podcast and everything runs so smoothly. These are the people you don't see, you don't hear, but they are our backbone. So um, we lost Shiva last night and there is really no words that can bring comfort to his family but we request all our listeners who are our family please pray for Shiva and his family and, and keep, and keep, keep, them, in your prayers. keep them in their prayers it, it is a tough time for us for all of us yes. so with that we wrap up the podcast please keep him and keep the family in, in your prayers and we shared this with you guys also because that is our family and you listeners are our family as well true so anyways, this is Adit Kapadia, Sonal Avashish, signing off on a very sad and somber note. We'll be back next week with a new podcast. Till then, it's a good night.